Hey everyone, welcome to A Millennial Learns with me, Abby Rancor. This podcast is a place to learn about faith, theology, politics, history, and some fun random things along the way. Let's dive in! Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Millennial Learns. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Um, If you have seen the title of this, you might have gathered that this is not uh, a super normal episode. Um, Basically, uh, this week I got a little bit behind on like researching topics for recording and I was thinking through it like throughout the week what I was wanting to research and Um, didn't really have much, um, on Thursday that I felt like that inspired to go research. So I was kind of putting it off. And then Thursday afternoon, I actually got the call that my grandmother, who we call Nana, um, passed away that day. So that has been consuming, you know, the whole weekend. So, um, naturally like my whole family is here in Colorado that like, her whole side of the family, basically. So it was my dad's mom that passed away. And my whole dad's side is is in town, is in Colorado. So um, except for one of my cousins, but basically we all just have been hanging out for the last few days and reminiscing and laughing and crying and all that kind of thing. So um, I wanted to do something today. Like it felt weird to just after all of that, uh, be like researching 5G towers or whatever I was going to talk about um, this week. So basically, I just wanted to touch on things that Nana taught me. So this podcast is all about learning and growing and all of that. And uh, my grandma, Nana, was very, very influential in my entire life. I learned so many things from her. And so I thought that it would be a good way to tie it in. I mean, we're going to do a whole memorial and stuff. That's just like our family, um, in the next, in the coming weeks. Uh, but basically I kind of wanted to do my own since I'm really bad talking in public about anything that's somewhat emotional or I just start crying. But on my podcast, I figured I could do a little kind of tribute to her and just show how she has affected my life. So, um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the, like the grieving kind of experience. Cause I figure also this podcast is like a documentation of my life. It kind of acts as like a, like a verbal diary almost. And, um, it's been crazy. I've never had, I've never been affected by anyone's death. Like no one, no one close to me has died, um, up until now, which I'm, it's interesting how that hasn't happened. It's like, I'm pretty late to the game. I feel like with that, which has been very good, but I'm 25 and no one around me, like no one close to me has, has died or had any serious like accident. So I've never really been super affected by any sort of grief and I've handled it like in a a way that I didn't think I would. So basically I'm just going to go through that and then go into the 10 things that I listed here. I mean, that Nana has taught me. There's definitely more, but this is just the first like 10 that I thought of. So like I said, Nana died on Thursday. She passed away on Thursday and I was actually on my way to a work like happy hour with my husband. We were driving separate cars coming from our two different places that we were working and we were driving there and, um, I got a call from my brother and And I didn't think anything of it because I talked to my brother like 10 times that day about like what the plans were for after the happy hour. We were going to hang out with 
um, him and his wife and me and my husband. And we were going to do that after the happy hour. So we were trying to find like all the logistics of when we would go to our like bowling league, when we were coming back. So I didn't think anything of it when he called. I had just gotten off the phone with him like probably five or 10 minutes earlier. And, um, Daniel, my brother called me and basically said that Nana had died. And I didn't believe it at all at first. Like, I mean, I didn't not believe, I didn't actively like say, no, that that's wrong or whatever. I was just like, it didn't register in my mind that that was actually what had happened. I was just like, oh, oh, like what? Um, I think I just, yeah, it didn't really register. And then I immediately got a call from my dad who was calling me while I was on the phone with Daniel, switched over to him and he said the same thing. And I was like, well, like, okay, it was a really quick phone call because dad had to talk to a bunch of other people. He's like, I can't get a hold of your mom. Um, so he got off the phone to go call my mom and other family members, I'm sure. Um, but I eventually called Daniel back and we were like, so like, we're not going to the bowling league, I don't think. And we're not going to like, but I was already on my way to this happy hour. I was like almost there. And I told all these people that I was going and all of this. And at the time, like the fact that Nana had died didn't even like register in my brain. I felt, I mean, I felt sad, Um, but I remember immediately feeling like nothing. I was just like, huh? Okay. But then I was like, well, you know, like I'm already here. I'm going to this thing. I don't, I'm not like crumbling in pain right now. Like, so maybe we should just go, you know, because it's like, I basically figured that if, Um, if there was nothing for me to do to help in the situation, like she had already died, she'd already passed away. So like, I wasn't going to go out and help or I couldn't go out and see her or I couldn't do any of that sort of thing. So I was like, you know, if I can't be of any use, like, I'm just going to get through this happy hour, like probably leave early. And then we'll just, Jason and I will just hang out tonight. But, um, so then I called Jason, my husband and told him you know, it was sad, but then he, after we got off the phone and he was on the way to the happy hour, realized that he had like 70 missed texts. And for some reason with his phone, like his phone is this old brick phone that, that does not, um, download messages very well. And so he actually saw that there were a ton of texts from his family group and ended up calling his mom and they had like not great news. And so we found out two really bad things on both sides of our family, like within five minutes of each other. So that was terrible. But we were, again, we were like already there. We can't do anything. I was not going to be of help to anyone. And so since it hadn't really registered yet, I was like, I guess we'll just go here for a little bit and stay and, and just be here with my friends for, you know, an hour or two and then we'll go home. Then at the Um, during the happy hour, everyone, like the entire family started, um, kind of meeting afterwards in Elizabeth. So everyone was like around and hanging out and all of this stuff. So eventually at like 7 PM, um, my brother was like, why don't you guys come out to Elizabeth so we can all just hang out together for a while, which that's like an hour away. So we weren't going to end up hanging out there for a long time, but it was good to actually go. 
Um, which I probably should have just skipped the happy hour and gone there anyway, but it was also fresh. I didn't really know what to do. Like you, you're not really super prepared, uh, for something like that. So I just, I, I don't know. I probably should have gone earlier because it would have saved a lot of time, but, uh, we ended up going out there at like eight. It was really sad because it was like so fresh that everyone was crying. Um, and it just goes in waves, you know? So like, that's the, the biggest shock. And I guess I've had... I guess I've had some sad things happen, but it's never been, like, anything prolonged. It's not like someone dying. It's, like, something that's sad, and then it gets resolved or something, you know. So I didn't have to go through, like, these waves of emotion because, like, at the happy hour, I was completely fine. And then I would step away and call someone about, like, what the plan was or what was going on and then cry a little bit again. And then, like, it hits um, just in waves, and I would, like, pull myself together and be totally fine. And then... Um, you know, we left the happy hour and I was okay, but then driving to the house was really, really sad. So, um, it's just been hitting like in waves of being okay and then being really sad. So I got out there, we all cried, we all laughed, whatever. Then, um, we went home and I was sad. I was definitely sad. Um, you know, I definitely had a lot of tears that day. I would say, but I still wasn't like fully sunk in yet. I don't think like it was sad that it had happened, but like the logistics of it were more what was making me cry. Like the questions about if it was quick and where she was and who she was with and all this stuff was, that's what had made me sad before I really talked to my family. I was like really worried that it happened in like a bad way or that, you know, people saw her that, wouldn't have wanted to or whatever. But as we were talking on Thursday night, like we basically found out that like it happened in the best way possible. It was like very quick. She was by herself, which she would have definitely wanted. Like she wouldn't have wanted uh, my grandpa to see her like that. And um, there's just so many like mercies in the way that it happened where like, because my grandparents hang out together uh, multiple times a week. They, my grandpa needs more help. So he lives with my parents and Nana lives alone or lived alone. Um, but a lot of days of the week, they'll like pop will go back over and they'll hang out together. And it's just a mercy that, that it didn't happen when he was there. Like it, that would have been terrible. Um, she never wanted to go to like an old folks home or like an, a retirement community. She never wanted to be spend an extended period of time in the hospital. Um, and I, I don't think she would have wanted like all of her family members just surrounding her, like watching her take her last breath, you know? So they think that it was just like a heart attack or some cardiac event that happened very, very quick. And my uncle went and found her like, they think like less than an hour after it had happened. So, um, it was quick. It seemed pretty painless and she was like alone and at home. It was just that her body was pretty, pretty worn out. So it wasn't like anything super, super traumatic or extra sad. And that's given me a lot of like comfort in the last couple days, um, that it wasn't in this very sad way. Like if Nana had written how she wanted to go, this is what my, when my aunt said, like if Nana had written how she wanted to go, it would have been that way. So that's really good. And clearly like, she was, I mean, she was one of the strongest like believers that I know. So I know that it's better for her. Like now, 
like three days later and i'll talk about this a little bit more but like three days later i'm now at the point where i'm just like happy that she's in heaven it's more exciting than that she gets to not feel any pain you know her knees were really painful and she was having a pretty sharp physical decline um and so like it's just good that she doesn't have to worry about her physical pain anymore or any of the problems on the on the earth you know so um now it's to the point where it's just it's just hard on the family um it's harder for the people you leave behind and she's like having a be- a great time up there so um at this point now i've gotten to the point where i'm like relieved more that she's like in heaven but after thursday night um, we had a lot of crying and stuff like that. On Saturday, I woke up and felt like, okay, but I was kind of weepy like all day. And pretty much how I've realized that I handle sad things is I try to be like super stoic the first day. Cause I'm like, oh, it's fine. Like I tried to be like, yeah, well she's in heaven. So it's all happy. And I don't even, it's not even that sad. Um, so I like, tr- I like fight the emotion for like at least a day. Um, but then it all comes out at once. And that's definitely what happened. The next day I was kind of like weepy all day. I was going back and forth between like crying a little bit and being fine. And overall I felt like I was feeling better. But then that night I started talking with my, you know, aunts and mom and stuff about just Nana in general and like, times we had and I just bawled like about everything I was crying so much I cried about like um old memories like literally I just started crying about like any tough time in my life like I don't even know it just all released all at once like I had so much emotion that just released which I think was actually good for me like it was better that you know it's better to get it out but I was fighting it really hard on Friday and then or on Thursday And then Friday, I just like everything, um, it was like the floodgates opened, but that was actually, it turns out that that was good on Saturday. I felt much, much better, a little bit, you know, a little bit still like tired. And I had like moments of like getting a little teary eyed because part of the bad thing was I went on this walk. Like I was like, okay, I just need to get outside. I want to feel the sun, get this walk. It was beautiful. There were all these new spring flowers and I was like, oh great. Like Nana's in heaven. This is, this is great. But then, but then the park I walked by had a freaking memorial to someone and everyone was like saying all these prayers about the person that had passed away. And that was a whole sad thing for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is very sad. Um, I was also like somewhat embarrassed about crying so much the day before, but I worked through that. I was like, you know what? I just needed to get it out and everyone was crying. So it's fine. Um, But yeah, so then I walked by a memorial and that was like a whole other thing that was terrible. But Saturday, after I had just like released all my emotion, Saturday was much better. And I went to like a game night and um, I just hung out with some friends and stuff and it was a good day. Like, and I've been, um, you know, journaling and stuff like that. So um, it's been much better. And then today is like definitely the best day that I've had where it's just like now again, since I've really been, I was so, so sad on like Thursday and Friday. I feel like I've kind of turned a corner where I can just be happy for Nana. Um, and obviously like everyone's going to handle it in a different way. And like, I don't have to, I haven't seen my grandpa since, um, Friday. And that was like one of the harder things is because like they've known each other since they were 14 and they've been together 
pretty much their entire lives. So it's harder for like the spouse, you know, who's, who they're leaving behind. Um, but I haven't seen, uh, my grandpa since then. And I haven't seen my family in the last day other than my brother and, uh, sister-in-law. So, so for me at this point, it feels a little bit more manageable because it's like, it is sad, but at the same time, there's so much like grace and how it happened and how quick it was. But it is of course hard for everyone who is still here because we miss her. Um, but I'm, I'm now more excited for her that she doesn't have to deal with physical pain or the pain down here, pain of sin, you know, all that stuff. So she just, I mean, I know she's reunited with like her brother and, and Jesus and like in the, you know, I mean, she's in the best place literally possible. So that's very comforting. Um, but so I wanted to talk about the 10 things that Nana has taught me. Clearly these are overlapped with things my parents have taught me because, you know, they all worked as like a team. Um, but Nana was very, very influential in my life. There's never been a time that I've been, I've lived like far away from Nana and Papa they moved out here when my parents moved out here from Seattle. Um, Nana and Papa also moved out here to be closer with the grandkids. So ever since I can remember, ever since I was like two years old, we've lived. I mean, for most of my life, we lived within like 10 minutes of them. Um, and we're over there all the time in the last couple of years. Um, I've lived like an hour away, but we see them almost every weekend. So, um, I always thought when people were like, Oh, my grandparents, um, passed away for some reason it didn't register to me as something like extremely hard because, you know, you're kind of prepared if an older person, uh, who has lived like a full life passes away, it's, it seems easier. Um, and most people, you know, most people I think see their grandparents much less frequently. Like I know a lot of people who see their grandparents like once or twice a year, but we saw them like every weekend, every, you know, every, like all the time. So, it, it was way more of a blow than I, than I kind of thought it was going to be. But again, we're doing pretty well. So I wanted to do a little kind of tribute about what she had taught me. So number one is she taught me all about Jesus. This one is very broad, but Nana was like the first Christian in our family, I think. Or at least the first one, like she's kind of the matriarch of, matriarch of our group because um, she was, she came to the Lord when she was uh I think a young mom and then she led Papa to the Lord and then our whole family has been just like Lord centered. So like all their three kids who's, you know, my dad and, um, my aunts and uncles, um, but they, yeah, she led all of them to the Lord basically. And so the reason that I, I think I'm a Christian and I have come back really to the faith and taking it seriously. And now I'm, I know that I'm saved as well is because of Nana. And it wasn't just like a casual thing where she would be like, okay, like, do you accept Jesus in your heart? Okay. You're saved. It doesn't apply to the rest of your life. It was like, yes, she taught us about God, about his nature was constantly pointing us back to him. And like, it was so such a deep relationship that they had with the Lord that it was like, yeah, they taught our entire family about that. Um, number two is to not brush conflict under the rug. <laughs> um, the, one of the best things, I mean, it's challenging sometimes, but one of the best things about my family is as a whole, if there's something that needs to be like discussed or talked about, we do it, we'll hash it out there and then it'll be done. Like you're, you're forgiven. You're, you know, you, you don't have to talk about it anymore. 
Um, it's in the past and it's all water under the bridge because we've like talked about it. Nana was a big part of that where if there was something that needed to be talked about, it was like you didn't hide it. You know, you, you just hashed it out, talked about it and we're done. And that is like the healthiest thing I think ever like that she implemented in our family because there are a lot of people that I've met that have just have unsaid things for a really long time. And I don't think that that's super healthy. And I, I, you know, even if there's a lot of conflict, which isn't like the best thing, um, it's always discussed. It's out in the open, it's brought to the light and then it's like put away. Um, which I think is very, very good. Also, not all these are going to be super heavy. And so the next one is a little bit lighter. Uh, she taught me how to make challah bread French toast, which is like very random, but it is one of my most vivid memories of when I was like, I was probably like maybe 14 or 15. And me and my cousin went over and we learned how to make French toast, but it's out of this like really thick challah bread that was so good. And we had a whole cooking day where we made like a hundred French French bread or no French toast, um, from this bread. And we like packaged it up for everyone and gave it to like all of our aunts and uncles and stuff. And that was just a great memory that I've had for a really long time. And we took this picture where it's like all stacked up in front of us. And we had just like been cranking out French bread toast. Like that was so fun. So she taught me how to make that. I should pull out that recipe and, and make it again. Um, but yeah, that was a really good one. Number four is how to have rhythm. So I, I also remember this when I was young and I wanted to like dance to something. Nana had great rhythm and I did not have great rhythm. And so I remember when I was like pretty young, she taught me how to have rhythm. And it was, uh, it was a bit contentious, but because I got so frustrated about like, I thought I was doing it so right. Um, and she was like, no, like, this is how you do it. Like this, do you hear that beat? Like, do you hear this? You know, I don't, I don't know how she even taught me, but, and I didn't even think you could teach someone to have rhythm, but I remember I had none. And then she, we had dance parties and stuff and she taught me how to have rhythm, which served me well. I had, I was a dancer for, I did Irish step dancing and, um, and then just regular, like I was on the POMS team in high school. And I really attribute all my rhythm to Nana because she saw me dancing with absolutely none at all and taught me how to dance with rhythm. So um, that was really good. I must have been like seven when she did that. And uh, it, it treated me well the, the whole rest of my life. Um, number five, she taught me about like poetry and art. So Nana was an author of two books of poetry. One was called Christmas Time in My House, which was a single poem that was illustrated by my aunt. Um, and then she also had one that was a collection of, I think it was like 44 poems that it was called Raise Up a Child. And we still have those books around, but they were filled with all this poetry. And at one point we, me and my brother memorized all of the poems in there. And, but I remember when, when we would read it before she would like teach me about poetry, about rhyming, how to make things, um, yeah, how to make it rhyme and how to make it flow. And she was very, very good at poetry. And she also did a lot of art. Like I remember doing art with her, like, and drawing things. And she would help me a bunch with like watercolors and drawing and stuff like that. And I do have this like kind of creative side now that I think was really fostered by her with like writing and poetry and art. And I know I'm not the most creative person in the world. Um, obviously it shows like engineering, but I think, 
I, th- I think I would have no creative side or no artistic side really if she hadn't taught me all about like poetry and how to rhyme and like the structure of everything like that and and art and I have very fond memories of of going through and writing poetry for her and having her give me critiques on it and drawing things and having her give critiques and I like that she she was always encouraging in like my poetry and art but she also never held back in like any critiques and I think that helps me a lot now is like I like getting feedback because I definitely got better once she gave me like feedback about the poetry and and art so I thought I thought that was a really cool thing that I definitely remember doing a lot with her um number six is she taught me how to be bold Nana was a very very strong and bold person and that's like the best word to describe her I think is bold it's like if I was shy to do something it was like it was not allowed you know you have to be bold you have to go go and um, go confidently in the world. And that applied to like many areas of life. It's like, you're not just going to be a lukewarm Christian who doesn't do anything. You know, you have to be a bold in your faith, bold about this. Like our, you know, what she taught me to be was bold, outgoing, and to use your gifts for good things in the world. So I think that was just, um, that was a good thing that she really taught me. And I think that that like seeped in like over the course of many, many years, um, from being around her. She was definitely not shy or timid or anything like that. And, and she would like use, she would have friends everywhere. Like she would go into a target, talk to someone for five minutes and like, they loved her and they called them, you know, five minute friends. It's like, because she was so bold and when, you know, and she like didn't hold back with uh, showing people how she felt or how she loved them or encouraging them or whatever. She was just bold in every aspect of life. And I think, um, you know, I'm not there to where I'm like making five minute friends everywhere. Sometimes it catches me as a little, I catch myself being a little timid still, but um, yeah, how to be bold was a big one. Okay. Number seven is the importance of daily rhythms. I'm going to call them and like scripture reading. So every time, I mean, I've always struggled a little bit with having like uh, a daily time set aside to like read the Bible or, um, whatever. But every single time I spent the night at Nana and Papa's house or was even with them in the morning, there was a predefined schedule of like, we are reading the Bible right now for this amount of time and we're going to talk about it. And it was not like we were not to be in a rush. That was the most important thing there, which kind of goes along with the all about Jesus uh, topic. But the importance of having like a daily scripture reading, daily prayers, like we did that for sure. When we went over to Nana and Papa's house, there was always a book of the Bible being read. We were we read it all together, um, Nana, Papa, and whoever was spending the night there. Um, and then we were expected to talk about it and give an insightful thing to pull from that scripture. So it wasn't just like, hey, we're reading it. Okay, whatever. We check that off the list. It was like, this is what we do in the morning. We read the Bible, we pray, and we're going to talk about what this Bible passage means. And we're going to apply it to our lives. So I thought that was... I mean, that has served me well for a very long time now. Um, Yeah. Okay, number eight is the importance of family being very close. Like I said, they moved out when I was two um, to be around their grandkids. And I know a lot of uh, people, again, are like not that close with their grandparents and um, not that 
close just between family members. It's like a lot of nuclear family units, um, just like mom, dad, and the kids. Um, and they're kind of living in a bubble from the rest of their family. Well, Nana's Nana was big about having a lot of family being around, like including extended family, just to help encourage and edify each other and like you know, iron sharpen, sharpens iron. If you have a full family around you, that's very, very close and all pursuing Jesus together. That is the best case scenario. She was very big on this. And, um, I like, didn't really appreciate the, the blessing that that was for a long time, um, until I was in college and I was kind of more on my own. Um, well, at least it felt like I was on my own. I still hung out with people like the family on the weekends and stuff. And my brother was at the same college, so we were still pretty close, but I was used to being surrounded by like everyone in my family. And, um, I went off to college and met all these people that like a lot of people don't have a lot of family around and they've been just kind of on more, um, isolated and on their own for like more of their lives. And, uh, so yeah, I, I really, really enjoy that all my family is, is really close. We live near each other. We are on a big group text together. Like we are in very close family. And in the light of, um, Nana's like passing away, that's been amazing to have all the family around that we can just hang out and laugh and cry and reminisce together and all that stuff. Like it's way better than if we were just trying to do it all alone. So, um, that's been a huge impact on, on the wider family unit. Um, number nine is the importance of generosity. This is something like everyone, everyone in my family really, uh, shows, but, I think it really starts with Nana and Papa both. They're both very generous. And that was always a rule about generosity is like, um, Nana tells this story about how one time she had like a spiritual beep to go give money to someone on like a street corner and she passed them, but then the feeling wouldn't go away. And when she went back to go give the money to them, um, they were gone. And that was like always a huge lesson about like, if God is leading you to go give something, if God is leading you to, to be generous with something, go do it because that's a huge blessing. And, um, that can be a huge blessing to people. And she, um, she definitely drove home the fact of being generous, like the point of being generous. She thought that was a very, very important thing. And everyone in my family has really, uh, taken to that and, and shown that. But I think it did originate with like Nana and Papa both are generous. And that was a big lesson for, for the whole family. And number 10 is the importance of rest. I remember Nana, the like a lot of times in my life would say, like, I'm basically a golden retriever where I can just go and go and go and I would never stop or rest or anything. And, um, it, she was always about rest and like limiting the amount of activities you do so that you can get like your full rest and keeping a day that was doing nothing. And you're, you just won't be healthy if you don't rest sometimes, which is something I always struggle with, of course. But, um, and I, I brought this up on last week's episode, actually, that I re- thought I was doing the Sabbath. Like I thought I was keeping the Sabbath really because it, like Sundays are kind of a slower day and Sundays are, you know, not as busy, but I'm still working. Like I still actively work a lot of the time. And so, um, I was mentioning last week that I need to get better at keeping the Sabbath, but yeah, when I was going through this list of things that Nana taught me, like rest was a big one that she taught me that was so important, like taking naps and um, going to bed not super late and having like a schedule of rest. And I think it's a more practical one, but it also goes into like a more spiritual 
aspect like of keeping the sabbath and stuff but it's also just so practical like you cannot be at your fullest potential without having rest and that was a big thing that she taught me but you know and i'm still working on to this day um but those are my 10 so i yeah i'm just so thankful that i had a a grandma's um wise and discerning and helpful as as nana was and again like i was gonna i was gonna record this yesterday on saturday um but i was just a little bit too i hadn't gone past all the crying phase yet and i think now since it's like i don't have to be talking to anyone really i'm talking to my podcast it's like i've gotten past the point of just crying the whole time but um now i'm feeling like i'm at the place where i just i really want to celebrate all that Nana did and all that the impact that she had and all these good memories that I have with her. And, um, you know, of course there's like always things for any family member where you have like some tiffs or whatever. It's contentious sometimes, you know, but I, when I heard the news, one of the first things I asked God is to bless me with only positive memories of Nana, like bless me with all the positive things that she did. And he has been so, good in the fact that he has done that like I cannot remember really like a single bad memory and more good ones just keep keep coming back so I have all these great memories with Nana that I'm super thankful for I'm excited to celebrate her life in the coming weeks and of course it's going to hit in waves I think of it being so like so sad and you know I'm sure there will be more tears to come and grieving and stuff but I'm glad I could record this right now in a spot where I'm just happy that she has, you know, that everything surrounding the circumstances of of her passing away was positive. Like it was everything that she would have wanted and it was quick and she was ready to go. Like she was definitely ready to be with the Lord. So, you know, that there's so many good things to come out of this. And I'm glad that I could record at a time where I'm not just like crying about it. Um, even though I'm sure those days will, there will still be more tears, but, um, anyway, that is the episode for this week. Um, I know it was like a little bit of a downer. Um, next week we'll be back with the regular podcast topic and whatever I decide to actually research for that. And we'll also be, I'll also be doing the, um, Bible study podcast on Thursday as normal, um, which I think will be really good. So, um, So yeah, anyway, that is it. I just wanted to take a little episode, even if it's a little bit shorter, and just remember Nana and all the amazing things that she taught me. So um, if you are going through a loss like this, I now understand it. um, It's definitely sad for the people who are left behind, but um, it is very good for the people who have gone. Um, Nana, I'm sure, is dancing in the streets of gold and that is a much better place for her to be um i want to end with first thessalonians this has been the honestly the best comfort in um in this time is reading uh is reading bible verses like this where it just like god knows god has grieved god knows what we're going through when we grieve and this bible verse by uh, in first Thessalonians, it's first Thessalonians four thirteen through 18. And this has been a huge comfort in this time. Um, it says, brothers and sisters, we do not, 
it says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead will and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So really the first part where they say, like, we we do not grieve like the rest of mankind um, who have no hope. That has been so comforting to me because, yes, we grieve. We've I've for sure grieved and maybe not in, like, the greatest way at some points. But, um yeah, we grieve, but we have hope. And so, um, I used to think that really meant like, you don't grieve because like, oh, they're with the Lord. It's totally fine. But the natural thing is because we, there is sin in the world. Death is not a natural part of like the perfect world in the garden of Eden. There was no death, but then when Eve introduced sin, there is now death and death is not a natural death. is not a good thing. Death came from, you know, original sin. So naturally when someone dies, it's going to be very, very hard. And we do grieve. We just don't grieve like the rest of people who have no hope. So I have hope that Nana is in heaven right now, that she is in absolutely no pain. Um, she's having a great time reunited with everyone up there. And, um, one day I will be reunited with her and with Jesus. So until that day, we're going to keep remembering all the good memories that she has provided and um, just go back to all the things that she's taught me. So, um, yep, we will definitely meet again one day and um, I'm excited for that day, but I have a lot, (laughs) we have a lot to do down here until that day happens. So anyway, thank you all for listening so much. I will be back with a Bible episode on Thursday. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. That is all for this week's episode. Thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you liked it. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from. And I would really appreciate if you would go rate and review this podcast on the Apple Store. That is going to be how we continue to grow our Millennial Learns family and community. So come back every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time for a new episode. And DM me any questions on Instagram. It's at a Millennial Learns. Go check me out. Follow me. DM me questions you have about this episode or any future topics you would like to see me dive into. Have an amazing week, everyone, and I will see you Monday. Thank you.